Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Funcast episode 652. We're so excited to have you here with us today. Uh, the podcast has right. been going on for Does that sound right to you? 20 years. It's a little high. And, uh, you know, we've enjoyed every step of the way. We were there before video games. <laughs> we were. have a stroke. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> we've been doing this podcast for 65 years. Yeah. We had to go 30 episodes before Space War got developed. It's been a long we, run. We were recording our episodes on vinyl. You can get them at any... You can f- probably find them on eBay. You can find them on eBay. Our vinyl, $900 vinyl each. Podcast. We you can see the, the strand trips. You can see the transcripts on stone tablets and ancient pyramids. <laughs> yeah. Where we talk about newfangled games like chess and ball and cup uh ball and cup never really took off i know (laughs) remember when bishops could jump uh, other pieces wild (laughs) can't believe they got rid of it so much valuable strategy that way and then they and then they hut fixed in on passant what a what a scum move (laughs) yeah (laughs) and then they tried to make chess too but then they rebranded it as go and it really took off in japan it really did yeah uh, yeah, it's pretty impressive game. So, uh, but no, we we have other game, more modern games to talk about today, and that is why we're excited to have you with us uh, and excited to get going. Um, but yeah, Daniel, how are how are you doing for our six hundred plus episode? Doing pretty good. It was sunny today, which is uh, phenomenal. It hasn't been. Uh, Daniel lives in the Great North, where mm-hmm. uh, if you've ever seen the the movie forty forty. 40 days of night that doesn't sound right uh what's that vampire movie <laughs> pretty sure that's the one yeah might be 30 days 30 of days. night that's why it didn't sound right yeah do you, do you often it, fend off vampires andrew's remembering the times when the, a month was 40 days long <laughs> yeah it's it's been a long time back you know, modern calendar fucking, really made some tight yeah, improvements back before the fucking time romans yet. added two months to the year yeah <laughs> messed it all up Thank you for all that uh, BC stuff, Jesus. Appreciate Not it. my Caesar. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> That's what they did say, actually. <laughs> we bought a different guy. Uh, all right. Um, yes, so I'm glad to see that you are heard that you've seen the sun. We've had plenty of snow, but then it's quickly turned into rain. This actually might be the least snow I've had in a winter. Like, yeah, a very it's, long time. it's the same way here where we've had lots of rain because it's just hasn't been cold, hasn't been below right. freezing, so it hasn't turned into snow. And this is the first time since Christmas. And even Christmas, we got a bunch of snow and then it warmed up right after Christmas, so it all melted. But now it's like it's slowly getting colder. So the snow is actually going to like stick around for a bit, which is strange. I, I hope we get snow. I love snow. I am a yeah. true northeasterner, and I, I love the snow. Like if it's going to be Dean, cold, like the... at least have snow, so it's nice looking. Exactly, Dean. Do you like the snow? I do like the snow. It has not snowed all season for me, which is a little disappointing. I know. It, uh, it's sad. Well, let's hope for more snow. Um, it said it would. This is the snowcast, by the way. I know I said we talk about video games, but I was lying. We actually just talk about weather here, and. Uh, whether or not you should listen to the video game news. <laughs> we got some news for you. So if you remember our last episode, uh, we talked mostly about games. But generally what we like to do is at least catch up on some of the week's news. However, uh, there's not a lot going on in gaming in January. January, like there's been so many games promised 
to release in 2023. And I feel like we're already off to like a really slow start where the games that have come out have not made as much a splash as like people were expecting and waiting for. Um, so the first piece of news is sort of a follow up from our last episode where I think we talked about the D&D kerfuffle that had been going that on was... for quite some time episode before that i think yes last week we didn't do it or last episode we didn't do any news oh then this must have been back into the back in the mm-hmm. previous year so as a catch-up um wizards of the coast owners of dungeons and dragons uh were running afoul of many many role-playing tabletop communities by changing the rules in the ogl and the ogl is the open gaming license which uh, was something they had created a long time ago uh, i think around the time that three third edition came out i don't know is that right or like yes. yeah so that other people could take the rules of third edition all the numbers the classes the the level up system many of the monsters and names and all that stuff and they could use it in their own campaigns and like expand their stories from there but uh wizards decided you know what <laughs> there's uh people out there that are abusing this system uh apparently their like main complaint was that people were using it to like make racist and like um non-progressive sort of uh or i don't know the word better word for non-progressive but um but things that were really like not good and they claimed that there was a bunch out there and they didn't want people using their open gaming license to create that content so the and, first thing and, and also, did, most importantly, yeah. uh, you can have people like pay you for a license in the future yes. with a new one. <laughs> so that's a yes. fun side effect. Yeah. So that was the, that was the side effect of it. They were like, by the way, we're updating the legal language. So now you also have to like, you know, buy this thing um, to to like create content. And this was not great because it like took the ownership of a lot of the content out of people's hands, even like Pathfinder, which I think is the largest of the communities was probably the most impacted by this. Is that right? Um, yes. And no, um, I actually know somebody who works at Paizo. So I have some insider insight there that I will not share um, <laughs> because they've asked, <laughs> they asked me not to. Yeah. Um, but they are in the process of publicly making a lot of very big moves to distance themselves, uh, right. including their own version of the OGL called the Open Creative License that uh, is sort of turning a lot of games in, into like an open source direction, um, mm-hmm. which the OGL technically wasn't designed to make things open source, but the idea is um, they are... How do I put this? They and I believe the number is in the thousands now of a bunch of RPG companies are all agreeing to sign on to this uh, open creative license uh, called the Orc. Yes. Um, yeah, Great. open creative RPG license. So the Orc license is going to be um, better than the OGL because uh, the people from Paizo. Uh, and other game companies got together who created the original OGL and then moved on to different companies. So they were there and they remember the spirit of the license that, you know, Wizards of the Coast and Hasbro are now trying to remove. So right. so, so they they right. said, hey, we'll make our own. And anybody who wants who has a company that wants to make games uh, can use this uh, Orc license. And it's going to be held by like a trust firm or whatever like a third-party lawyer who doesn't work for anybody. 
Um, it's a pretty cool system. Um, yeah, it's it's very nice to see. It's it's certainly it's, a lot it's more also hopeful. Like, it's very future proof because I think the biggest thing that D, uh, the OGL change revealed to everyone is that D and D had the rights legally to do this whenever they wanted, right? Yes. And so last week, the big story from Wizards was just like, oh no, we had no idea that this was going to make. So many people upset. Just so you know, we never planned for what we released to be the final version. We wanted right. this kind of feedback. Our, Proven our, lie. Our, our, our Proven balloon, lie, by the way. <laughs> our trial balloon leak was received poorly. Oops. <laughs> yeah. Um, like, so what's interesting is they, they're like, okay, here's the thing we're doing with the new one. We're moving it to a just straight up Creative Commons license. Which, Which is, is a really like, powerful license for yeah, people like that that's, don't know. That's Once something wild. is Creative Commons, it can never not be Creative Commons. Yeah. And it is a very, it is a copy left, I believe. Yeah, uh, it's not, it is it not fully, it's not like it's here it is like no copyright or here it is like fully open source. There are still, depending on the type of Creative Commons license, certain uh, rules you have to follow. It's mostly regarding uh, commercial use, but like that's only some of them, but uh, largely like attribution. You have to say, hey, this is what the license is, and you have to respect the terms of that license in your copy as well. So like yeah. any derivative things also have to be Creative Commons, whatever the source is. Right. Um, which is great. That's a good move by them that yep. they're going that route. Uh, and they're also like, I'm hey, if you're licensed under the old OGL, you're still licensed under the old OGL. We're not going to revoke right. those. And it's like, oh, you did like, it's one of those things where it's like, why did you trial balloon a weird early version that you must have known people wouldn't like? And I don't think they did. Just I think, I think Hasbro is that out of touch. I think <laughs> like, if you had just, if you had just said, Hey, we're moving the OGL to an, like a creative commons license. It wasn't yeah, to start. <laughs> They call it a draft. They said they were workshopping it and they sent it to those people for feedback. But that is a proven lie. It was sent with documents to sign, which means right. it wasn't a draft. It right. wasn't a... So they, they wanted to sneak it by. They, you know, somebody was brave enough or multiple people were brave enough to, to leak the document and say, uh, hey, if you're a creator... Expect this document soon because it absolutely ruins your career. Yeah. And then and then they were like, oops, hand caught in the cookie jar. Ha ha. Twas a draft. JK, bro. Yeah. And I mean, now pretty, here we are today. Wild. It's it's nice to see that at least they changed course, which is the most surprising part. I think like what was funny. They haven't really Well, they sort of have, but like also they haven't. It's like it's better. Better than the first draft and probably workable right. because they're not delicensing, which was I, the main problem it's true. before. Not not delicensing fifth edition is a really big deal because that yeah. was part of their intention was to have this apply to fifth edition moving forward. So yeah, that's right. nice. That is that is nice. But I think it's it's very funny to think though when you get into the like delicensing stuff on the old OGL, like what that ends up affecting, you start going through everything that was D and it's like oh right hey remember knights of the old republic yeah it's true those games are D and D 2 and 2.5 they were the they were among the first ogl creations <laughs> they would have gotten delicensed like i'm sure hasbro would have loved to like drag fucking disney 
into this mess. Like, hey, we need you to sign something new for that KOTOR remake you're doing. Hasbro already has Star Wars licenses for merch. Right. So. But like, then it's like going back really to the bite, people paying Really you. bite in the hand that yeah. feeds you there. Good stuff. Yeah. But uh, no, it's not. It's it's good in that they've made like the Creative Commons thing is cool. They're making a lot of concessions now that they've been caught and are being shamed into doing the right thing. But then there are things that aren't the right thing. Um, for instance, like, okay, so they have a history of doing this and it is a good thing. I'm going to start by saying that they have had it back and forth with uh, TSR um, because of a lot of like just straight up racist shit they've published. Um, right. And it was, and it was close enough to D and D IPs where they were able to sue and say, Hey, you know, this, this doesn't, this isn't our brand and you're trying to steal from that and make it really shitty. Now they're, they did that anyway. Cause one, it's the right thing to do, but now they're using that as a cloak. Um, yeah, exactly. To say that they can basically, they get to decide what's cool or not. And are like the arbiters of morality for whatever. And that's never going to work long term because they can't codify what that means. Right. And opinions and of, can change over time. Companies can change over time. You know, the people that write these rules can leave the company and then shitlords can move in and do whatever they want with it. It does make you wonder, though, like... That does sound a lot like I wonder if they were influenced uh, from the people that like sparked this decision by sort of like the social media debate of like who owns the content on the social media and who owns the content on platforms. Right. Yeah. And like whose whose job is it to moderate that? I, I, I feel like it's one of those things that probably started as a good intentioned reaction to something. And then like the language, like a you said, was somewhere. left so vague. That's yeah. like, yeah, can be used like. And like lawyers and stuff are like, maybe we should write the language in such a way that we can do these other things if we want in the future, just to be safe. <laughs> just yeah, because you know the lawyers are like, cover your own ass mode, and then there's probably some yep. suit somewhere that's like, we need to make sure our ass is covered without yeah. understanding the you know full through. Because like I don't know, I don't think anybody at Hasbro. The only thing the people at Hasbro higher up at Hasbro know is, hey, we need to do layoffs, but we're not doing them at Wizards of the Coast because their stuff's up 22% year over year. And like that's all they care about. So. <laughs> womp womp. Yeah. Yep. So anyways, that's the deal with D&D uh, this week uh, or last week, actually. Oh, there's more. I could keep going. <laughs> yeah, but we're going to move on because <laughs> there's probably a whole episode there. And I wouldn't be surprised if a new piece of news comes out before next week, giving us a reason to talk about it again. Um, speaking yeah, of stay companies, t- stay doing... tuned for our tabletop re- uh, role playing. Fucking our, our, su- our subcast. Yeah. Subcast. Hell yeah. Uh, all right. Moving on to uh, shitty companies doing shitty things, which I guess is all gaming news is nowadays. It's sure that's is. right. It's your favorite best friend, Blizzard. Now you may be asking yourself, Blizzard. Yes, yes. We do talk about Blizzard a lot. How is it possible that well, they've done something new that we haven't talked about? That was much shitty. like much like Sideshow Bob. They just keep finding rakes to step on. It's impressive, <laughs> and it's it's almost intentional. This is the race to the bottom for Blizzard that they've They're, been going down. I have to wonder if they're trying to tank their own image so that they could sell as fast as possible. But even that doesn't make any sense. Like, 
<laughs> it's just like this weird, like uh, nihilist, self-destructive <laughs> personality. Like, if we make our, if we make ourselves a really like publicly shitty company and sink ourselves so low, anybody will buy us. Maybe even Microsoft. Maybe um, even Microsoft. That was their first play, and then <laughs> been downhill yeah. since. So uh, this is actually from um, a recent. So I guess this is this is recent technically, but it's something that they started doing in 2021. So a Blizzard executive um, or a co-lead developer, a team lead, um, they revealed recently to like news people that Blizzard has a really shitty process. Uh, they implemented something called stack ranking uh, a couple of years back. Uh, probably less than two years ago. Uh, and for those unfamiliar with stack ranking, it's basically the idea that you have to give uh, performance reviews to all of your employees, but you have to place them on a bell curve, which means you can't just say everyone did adequate. That's great. You actually have to identify somebody the bottom performing parties. Somebody has to lose. Yes. yes. It's it's <laughs> the, is, it's the most yeah. American thing. <laughs> yep. I can, we can't I can all think win of. together. Some of us have to win more than others. And uh, so this is really shitty practice. And the managers were like, I really don't want to do this. And in World of Warcraft, they had found ways to like hold off doing this for like a for like a year. <laughs> and uh, eventually it caught up with them. And like the executives were like, hey, you have to do the stack ranking and, and rate people like bad. Like you have to give people bad rankings and say that they're underperforming employees and so the the person that reported this brian birmingham the person that like, gave this way when asked why the director explained the uh the, it, the directors explained that uh it was important to squeeze the bottom most performer as a way to make sure everybody continues to grow <laughs> look a you know a ritual sacrifice yeah the old, the old <laughs> adage right it, you don't have to outrun the bear you just have to outrun your friend Someone needs yes. to die so that the crops may flourish this season. <laughs> so the harvest may come. You know, man, they were a good person. But in the grand scheme of things, were they that good? Put their corpse on the break room table where everyone can see it. Yep. And light them on fire. So that that is... This is what the directors and leads were being told to do. Which is just wild so that is here's why just a, here's just a real quick question how do you determine performance in a develop in a creative development company yeah well you yep. see you get a rubric that somebody came up with and then that rubric <laughs> contains within it several other rubrics and they give oh, you a I number you range say, i thought you were gonna say but based on how diverse the characters so that is it's creating sort of a, a, a I mean one of the one of the rating rubrics would absolutely be how much does this does this person <laughs> buy into company standards right right so it's <laughs> so some like, sort of like <laughs> cube of rubrics that cause suffering like some sort of lament configuration <laughs> essentially yeah yes yes exactly it's and like, if you solve the if you if you solve the cube of rubrics i believe you summon pinhead uh, or one of the other cenobites how many of their contributions ended up in final build right <laughs> yeah just shitty it's just like, like shitty objective like when, measurements um, that have nothing to do with what your actual job like accomplishes or your it's role. like when it's musk terrible. 
bought Twitter and his metric for success was lines of code written. Yeah, please not, print off not, the code uh, and bring it not, <laughs> not understanding that the people <laughs> who wrote less code were tackling very difficult problems. Yeah. Or that the people that wrote the most code were making like massive uh, library imports and just yeah. like including yeah, that, libraries. Yeah, like don't and matter. <laughs> yeah, just bullshit <laughs> filling. Don't matter, yeah, like. Ugh. Oh yeah, I had to. We had to. We had to include this library because we were just adding a new system. Look, I added a hundred thousand lines of code. Amazing. Yeah, <laughs> I, I started. I started the file with import math. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um. Anyway, so that's Blizzard. Who knows why they do this? That guy resigned. He wrote a letter that said, "I can't work here as long as stack yeah. ranking is a policy." And if they want to reverse it, uh, maybe I would love to come back. But until then, uh, I don't want to be working for a company that does this. It's the absurd. morally correct thing to do, by the way. Yeah, I mean, it sucks, right? Because you're in a job and like for a long time, someone's like, hey, you got to do this thing. And you're like, that's stupid. I'm not doing that. And then you don't do it. And eventually they're like, OK, you really got to do it now. And it's like, mm-hmm. eh, no, I'm just going to leave. Yeah, like <laughs> the thing about it, like. I remember Blizzard used to be everyone's dream job. Uh, I know a everybody wanted who, to work for Blizzard. I know a couple people yeah. who are on the uh, the World of Warcraft team, and my impression—not uh, gonna name any names—but my impression is that like these days, everybody's problem if they're working at Blizzard involves the people that are above their team leads, team lead. <laughs> yeah, for sure, for sure. So like, oh, I'm in the quest design department. My team leads great. His team lead's pretty good. It's that dude's boss that sucks because they're a suit and they don't get it. Well, the problem with Blizzard is it's always been like run by By, it was an artist. It was was an artist. It was like an artist collective. Well, I I know from way back when when I was in when I had graduated high school, like back in two thousand six, and I remember looking for Blizzard stuff like right after WoW had come out. And I remember, I don't remember if it was on like an article or even on the job postings themselves, but like there was this total vibe of, you know, you're, you should, you should be happy if you're working at Blizzard because like you're, you should be happy we chose you or happy that we picked you. Like there was this total vibe of like, we're, we're great and amazing. And like, you should be happy to be here because <laughs> you're, you're part we of made Starcraft. And it was like, it's like wild then. And, it, and it's wild now to think about that a company like holds itself that way that like it treats its talent as like, oh, you don't want to work 80 hours. You should be happy. to. There's a line out the door of people that could replace you in an instant. You should be happy to be here. <laughs> like, that's really shitty. <laughs> so I don't know. In my mind, Blizzard's always been that. <laughs> And will always be that <laughs> this yeah. this group of people that think that you should be happy to be there because of their legacy, which is garbage. Um, okay, moving on. So we mentioned Microsoft briefly. Uh, Xbox had a uh, developer direct recently in coordination with Bethesda, uh, who Microsoft also owns. So yeah. it makes sense that they did that. <laughs> Everybody's um, got their directs these days. Yes, and they announced. One, two, three, four, five things. Uh, one of those things, I'm going to hold till last because it's been the most talked about thing since it's been announced by literally everyone in all of my gaming communities. Two of these <laughs> things were two of these things were even games nobody knew about. Yeah, yeah. The first one uh, is Minecraft Legends, which I, before this podcast started, 
was racking my brains to try and understand what this game is. And I still do not know. It is a quote unquote action strategy game made by Mojang. So the people that made Minecraft uh, and it is very Minecraft looking, but it doesn't look like the kind of Minecraft where you like change the world or like build and construct like there's no building elements, it seems. Uh, there's like more... a castle or fort building thing but it's not like minecraft it's uh yeah you're not like, like taking stronghold. resources from the world to put them somewhere else wasn't it's there more like what was yeah. the name of the minecraft that was also diablo uh that's minecraft dungeons which i did play dungeons. like a bit yeah <laughs> my head my uh, first response was oh that was minecraft legends wait a minute that's the... and legends looks like it's built like right off the same structure as minecraft dungeons like it looks yeah. graphically exactly the same do you think it's just another one uh that's what i kind of thought but it doesn't explain it like, like if i look at videos it doesn't look like it plays the same like minecraft dungeons was much more smaller worlds as much it was minecraft dungeons was very much a diablo clone and like it was third person and like small arenas and you sort of like walked through a mission from beginning to end there was no exploration yeah. you know like a swarm of monsters and you kill them no you're right this i'm looking i'm also watching it literally right now this is a bit more open world i love the hesitation because it's like is it maybe maybe it's yeah. the world only maybe? exists around that fort we don't know <laughs> like there's there's no way to tell what does okay it says discover an overworld of legends okay Whew. all right so there is an overworld actually you know what this game kind of looks like um what was that game that was Minecraft graphics and there was like a glider and like oh, I came out quite a while ago. Uh, and there was Trove. like a glider Trove. OK, I have heard of Trove. Uh, Trove was one of them. That wasn't the one I was thinking of. Uh, You're killing me, uh, dude. I know. I'm sorry. The forest is not a Minecraft like Google. <laughs> well, well, <laughs> Yeah, you're cutting down trees and you're turning them into logs. You're building forts and you're decorating your fortress with the bones of your enemies. So it was it was either Trove was the one I was thinking of or um Cube. There's like uh, there was like a handful that came out around the same time to try to ride that wave. Cube World is the one I was Cube World is the one I was more thinking of. Oh, if you check out right. Cube World, this game uh Poor Cube yeah, World. Had, what happened to cube world <laughs> well the developer vanished for a long time and then came back and put it out on steam barely updated and then disappeared again <laughs> oh wait i remember that yeah oh yeah wow that's that that takes me back anyways this new minecraft game actually looks kind of like this where there's just potentially a procedurally generated world and you travel around and there's just with like a in the world. with like a party of like mobs almost like you're playing overlord or pikmin or yes. for the real ogs out there goblin commander on the uh, <laughs> gamecube <laughs> there is definitely a group of monsters following you around and like and there's also to read like, the descriptions. Like apparently pvp yeah. in is this? a big element but it's not I the only element yeah like there's a there's an eight person PvP thing where you split into teams and you try and destroy each other's bases or something. <laughs> um, hard to say, honestly. And the article that I've seen and this direct seem to only really talk about the PvP. So it's like, I don't know. I, I don't know what to make of this. We'll watch it, I guess. Um, <clears throat> that'll come out in April. 
Next game was Forza Motorsport. Uh, no one actually likes racing games, uh, except uh, our one super fan <laughs> who does like racing games. Oh, I've, I've learned we actually have two listeners now. Oh, incredible. Yeah. yeah I didn't one, of, one of them uh, got ready or not at my recommendation, I believe. 100% growth, baby. Yep. <laughs> Take moving that, on up. Microsoft. To our future you- third listener. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> if you if you out there, listener, have something cool and exciting to tell us about Forza 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 Motorsport, Motorsport, you're doing great. <laughs> let us know on our cold medicine's kicking in. You want a second take on that one, bud? <laughs> no, I got it. Forzoni Motorni. Uh, just check it out. Uh, our Mastodon. Look for Fungineers Mastodon. You'll find what's, us. What's What's interesting about this? is that mm-hmm. this originally had a date when it was first announced as March 2023. And then in this trailer, the date is just 2023. <laughs> <laughs> so it seems like they stealth announced a delay for this game during this announcement for it, which is uh, great. <laughs> and I mean, nobody paid attention until they've re-announced it. So. All right, moving on. Next game. Um from one from one game series that like we personally the three of us don't know much about to another the elder scrolls online expansion necrom um has either of you played elder scrolls online yes i played I, it a bit i played it a little more than a bit oh did you really i didn't know it you is... were in like deep into it so uh i'm i don't think i'm current on my expansions i think i'm one behind now but every time mm-hmm. an expansion launches i play it for like yeah, because they do um, they do a thing when they put out like a new expansion or have a big update. They're just like, hey, all our shit's free for a week. Go fuck around in like an expansion you don't own for, yeah. for a while. Stuff yeah. like that. But um, it's a weird it's a weird game because it doesn't it is a weird game. It doesn't control like Elder Scrolls. It controls like an MMO. It controls, like an, an, it controls really. and acts yeah. like um uh fuck what was the 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 non the space rpg thing that uh oh yeah oh shoot what uh, was that called oh my god my brain is broken that the uh new vegas people made oh that's not the one i was thinking. outer worlds Uh, i think that was it outer worlds because outer wilds is the puzzle game yeah yeah so it kind of controls like outer outer worlds where a lot of stuff uncharacteristically of an elder scrolls game is bolted to the floor but then also they tried to add in like being able to pick up all the apples out of a dish, but it doesn't quite control what you expect it to. Yeah, like, it, it is. Yeah. It is a very interesting hybrid of yeah. MMO and mechanic have, yeah, and then you folded have like into Elder Scrolls. Yeah, like you can thief into someone's house, right? But then yes. there's like six other players with like thieving the same yeah. thing next to you. You know, and it, it takes you out of the element just a little bit. <laughs> I have I, completed the ultimate thief challenge in that game and got the achievement. Hell yeah. I remember you having a pretty good time with it, but eventually you player. do hit the point where it's like, where I was like, you know, this game goes way harder on the deepness of Elder Scrolls lore than it needs to. Oh, and a thousand like, percent. Yeah. I have to all about play the lore. MMO to get that stuff. And like, and I, I just didn't. I eat that shit up. Yeah, because like it's. I did like the. Um, if you haven't gone onto a deep dive in Elder Scrolls lore, you have no idea what is happening in these fucking video games. 
<laughs> one of the cooler things about Elder Scrolls that I enjoyed, like online for that the brief amount I played, is I remember they like at least retained how like flowers and potion ingredients work, where you just you're running down a field and just picking random shit up. Like I love that. Mm-hmm. Like you don't have to stop to slowly like it's not like World of Warcraft where you have to like spend ten seconds to yeah, pull a find, flower like, a resource off resource node and then yeah. And yeah. I remember in Elder Scrolls, I'm just like, oh, butterfly, snatch, snatch. You're like, <laughs> yep. oh, let me, oh, it's wings. Let me eat it. <laughs> like, <laughs> let me pluck the wings off this butterfly while I'm running down this hill like a psychopath. And I'm like, I'm glad they kept that in the game because that's 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 real Elder Scrolls. <laughs> Specifically, um, so anyways, I will say I had to look it up because I forgot the name of it. I parked my character in Vivek because why wouldn't you? Valid. I don't know where that. It's the uh, the capital city in Morrowind. It's the capital city that's also named after a god that also lives in that city. Yeah, that also lives in that city and is a quest giver, which is like just part of the new tribunal of Morrowind. Yeah, they let me go get my quests from a god telling me to go kill bears or whatever. They don't worship the Daedric gods anymore. They worship the tribunal. God, Jesus, fuck Andrew, get with it. (laughs) <laughs> and if you guys haven't been following along, this is actually the seventh expansion. Yes. So at this point, this becomes one of the like pantheons of like MMOs that did it. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah that sure. Made it, you know, like uh, every time they would like sh- have the Elder Scrolls part of a Bethesda E3 people there is always a row of people probably developers but like still that were always very excited there are so many goddamn people that play this game that you will never hear of right it's like it's like people who play the sims people that play elder scrolls online this is their one game for the most part like they don't it's their thing it's like it's crazy how actually popular (laughs) it is you know how many guild wars expansions there were three no one one. two guild wars one or two Guild Wars 1 had one expansion. Yes, it did. Guild, Guild, Guild Wars, Wars 2, 2 has, four. has a fourth one coming out, <laughs> according to this. EverQuest has, Ever has, has its 30th five? expansion coming out in December. Hell oh, yeah. Right. When I gave a shit about EverQuest when I was like, you know, 13. Um, They've been doing mean, an expansion had... every December now, one a year since uh, 2017. Uh, and before real. that, it was like kind of random. Some now years there up. were two expansions a year. Current player count. That's insane that EverQuest is not shut down. That's incredible. I, I had no Ever, idea. I thought EverQuest sure. outlived its sequel. Yeah, it sure did. I remember that. Which is <laughs> I remember when EverQuest 2 came out. That's so I played so much fucking EverQuest. <laughs> EverQuest is the 30th expansion to EverQuest. <laughs> That can't be right, Wikipedia. I think you're missing a name. <laughs> and looking at this, it just says EverQuest colon is the 30th expansion to EverQuest. 12,000 people daily play EverQuest? Yeah. Amazing. They're Still all people playing like DSO and shit too. It's like... I mean... If uh if Habo Hotel was still around, you would. Have the only thing I remember <laughs> about EverQuest was I worked way too hard when I was like level thirty to get a pair of Senti long swords for a ranger, and that's all I remember. And then and I went crazy. to the moon and fought a lion man. What, what's crazy is we're <laughs> not even talking about RuneScape. I mean that community is wild, oh, well. and uh, I know they go hard. And like, there's a lot of people that go back to that game for 
to like a few months and then just leave it forever and then come back again as the tides um okay so those were like sort of the less exciting games next one we have is redfall which uh, is a new game from arcane austin now i looked it up because arcane makes a lot of games they made you know uh death loop and they've done dishonored series and prey and i guess originally before dishonored uh one arcane was just one studio uh based in france and they had a they had a location in austin that worked on the same games but after dishonored two or Dishonored 1, after Dishonored 1, that's when they split into two studios. And so Arcane Austin, according to Wikipedia, has only worked on Prey as their as their other game. So maybe this game will be like Prey. Who's to say, really? And who oh. knows like exactly where the distribution of work lies? But uh, it is interesting to see them come out with a new game. Um, it is a solo or four-player co-op shoot-em-up where you fight against vampires! Actually not technically a shoot 'em up they are calling it an immersive sim they're calling that shot early oh my god right, but like no, they also not. call death no, loop an immersive not. sim and they've toned because look the last couple immersive straight up full ass immersive sims they made did not sell well so given how they toned back that stuff for death loop i imagine this is also going to be in the toned back immersive sim because they are terrified of you know this entire game you're looking down the barrel of a gun this is a shooter (laughs) you keep (laughs) calling it anything else is silly (laughs) fair enough i'm not here to argue i mean i barely know shooter where you can hop in the windows because there are bot because there are boxes stacked and you can crawl along in the roof okay you you know what hold on just what is redfall uh you should i already said it's a single player (laughs) up to four player cop and you fight vampires yeah but like what what is it because I What's keep watching loop? things. I keep watching things about it and they show me nothing. They show me that there will be vampires. And yeah. that's about it. Is there any do you need to know more? <laughs> it um, doesn't look like a, a it doesn't look like a Left for Dead, uh, from what I'm seeing, which is what I thought it might have been, uh, based on the four player co-op and you know, fighting undead and all this stuff. Uh it looks more like you are actually exploring places and like scenes. Um, so it could be like one continuous world that you're like moving back and forth across. It could be missions. Was was Dishonored missions? Dishonored was just kind of like one world. Dishonored right? was, was levels. 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 Yeah, it was like chaptery, right? Yeah. Yeah. Dishonored, you had a series of sandboxes. Yeah. This this looks very similar to that, to be honest. Um, the vampires yeah. look very creative in their designs, which is pretty yeah. cool. Um, you know what it could be because they said it's open world. Uh, have you ever played Generation Zero? I have. Well, don't sound so excited. <laughs> it's okay. I couldn't really it's, get into it. It is definitely okay. You, it's a game you definitely play with friends for sure. Generation Zero is a first-person shooter. Huh, weird. Not an immersive <laughs> sim. Hmm. No, but it's well, like a, a stealthy, survival-y sort of game where you are trying to not engage in firefights, generally speaking. You're trying to sneak past stuff to get things in buildings, which is most of an immersive wait i did hear about this game i think i listened to the besties talk about this it's still going strong actually i think they just released an expansion or some kind of update huh weird i don't know i i enjoyed my time with it but it wasn't a very long time so i think that's telling enough so that but other than that it seems like no one knows anything about it and i also don't think redfall was leaked or anything right no they've talked they i think it was like 
announced with a short trailer last E3 and then, or last Keeley's, excuse me, and then nothing till now. <laughs> yeah, it's all just like, hey man, there's gonna be vampires, and it's like, okay, what do you do to the vampires? And it's like, they shoot them, shoot them. It's like, oh okay, but you could also sneak past them. It's like, uh, uh, all right. You've ever wondered what it's like to live as someone that shoots vampires? This is the immersive sim for you. Um, all right, next game, last game. This was the game that everyone's been talking about, and we actually had uh, boots on the scene to explore this game. Daniel, take us there. Tell me what this is. Hey, do you do you like survival horror games made by Shinji Mikami? I don't know what we're talking about anymore. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know, the creator, one of the early creators of Resident Evil, who then founded uh, Tango Studios and made uh, survival horror games and also Ghostwire Tokyo. Oh, I remember Ghostwire Tokyo. Uh, yeah. Tim was all about that. Uh, they made a game called Hi-Fi Rush, and it is the exact opposite of a grim survival horror game. It's uh, a extremely bright, colorful, Saturday morning cartoon-ass action rhythm game <laughs> and it's like out today <laughs> it, it, it right? came out yesterday when they did this thing it is on game pass you can just download it nobody knew this was coming so it is extremely exciting and surprising i played a bit of it not super much because i like had things to do but i played what i would call like the first level ish uh you play as a dude named chai who goes to the company a company called vandalay systems vandalay technology uh to get his busted up arm replaced with a robot arm and an accident happens where he gets his music player implanted into his chest as well and the music accident yeah uh the the evil boss of the corporation is like like picks his shit up off a thing and he's like you're giving me garbage i'm looking for good people to turn into robots not garbage and he throws it and it like bounces down you know again because it's a saturday morning cartoon bounces down through the factory and lands on your chest before you get like pressed by a robot arm anyway uh that thing music player now that it's connected to you as a body turns you into a a, a, a robot cyborg man who is like completely infused with the beat of the music and the rhythm part of this game is like so well integrated it's a little scary because everything in this game moves and animates to the beat of the music and the music in this game there's original music most of it is like f seems like it was picked by somebody whose like musical taste like is stuck forever in 2004 so if you like <laughs> guitar hero 2 <laughs> you will probably like a lot of the licensed music in here um but like it's really cool. It is like a, a a character action game. You in fact actually get a score like in Devil May Cry, which is pretty funny. But like all the stuff in the environment moves and pulses to the music. Your character is constantly snapping their fingers to the beat, to the off beats, and then tapping their foot. Um, and the UI pulses in times with the beat. And this is very important because your attacks you get bonus damage if you hit your attack buttons on the beat. You get bonus points and can continue combos easier if you dodge on the beat or jump on the beat, which is all very important for, like, beating enemies. Uh, the thing that makes this really cool is you can hit a button and turn on just a straight-up visual indicator of when the beat is if all the other stuff and the sound just doesn't can't capture the rhythm for you. 
but what's really cool is all your attacks, regardless of when you launch them, land on the beat. Mm, okay. Which means that as soon as it lands, you hit the attack button again and you will find the rhythm, <laughs> which feels really cool and super supernatural. It's like you can just find the rhythm as long as you're, you know, have your head open enough to like pay attention to when your attacks are landing and timing them. You can just sort of stumble back into the rhythm and like feels really cool. I unlocked a, a cool robo robot cat uh, that's being like controlled by a person and it like syncs up with you and it adds an extra attack to your arsenal, which is like, oh, as part of this combo, you get another extra rhythm hit. I think it's called like a rhythm beat or something that you can activate, which is kind of like a an extra attack that like does AOE stuff and like explodes. So again, it's all about finding staying on the rhythm. It's really cool. <laughs> What's I people have been talking about like a lot of different influences they see in the art style because it's cell shaded. I know a lot mm -hmm. of people are like looked a lot like Jetson all Radio. The, the the key art and stuff in the cutscenes is all done on like twos and fours like an anime or mm -hmm. twos and fours like a rhythm, which is pretty cool. There are lots of things called the 303 or the 404 or the 707. The cat's name is 808. These are all drum machines and electronic bass machines, all of which are very popular. The 303s like is a bass line that like created electronica. <laughs> you've heard you've heard an 808 drum machine in basically every song in the last 35 years. So like, you know, it's it's a it's it like it's pulling from a lot and mm -hmm. uh it it has and when i say it's, it's like a saturday morning cartoon i don't just mean how it looks i mean the fact that if this game is so earnest about its characters and like its world where it's like you know part of the problem people have with like forsaken is that it's kind of cynical so a lot of its jokes don't land and come across as cringy this game yeah. it it doesn't do that because these are all just like these are pure chai is a pure boy He's an idiot. He just wants to be a rock star. He doesn't know what he's doing. <laughs> so he doesn't have the Travis problem. Because when I see this game, the first thing that came to mind was, oh, it's No More Heroes. No, but... this is this is No More Heroes if you switched it from cynical about the video games it's pulling from to deeply appreciative. <laughs> yeah. Because it even has really like combat fun. that looks like No More Heroes. <laughs> now that yeah. I'm actually finally at a scene with combat, like... I know people are comparing it to other games, but to me, I was like that. This is what it looks like to me. Like no more heroes, one hundred percent. But yeah, Travis is like the worst part of that game <laughs> because he's no, insufferable. This, this is a this is a plucky, happy-go-lucky moron main <laughs> character, like you would find in a like kids' cartoon. It's fun. Yeah, I mean, it's very colorful. Um, I and, do like yeah. I do like that people are finally getting weird with rhythm games. Yeah. Cause like, I know, right? There's been a trend, you know, like bullets hell, per hell, uh, yeah, he uh, metal and uh, metal hell bullets per minute, metal, metal hell singer, hell singer. That's what I was, saying. you know, stuff like that. Like hell yeah, get weird with it. Because mm -hmm. those I games like, are all successful, and they yeah, should. Be. And when you when you uh, the difficulty selection actually when you start the game is straight up like, hey, normal has wider rhythm timings for all this stuff, and if you go into hard mode. You know, enemies do more damage to you and have more health, but also the window, the timing window for the rhythm gets tighter as well, Oof. which is neat. So what's like, wild that... is, uh, uh, what's funny is you mentioned earlier, I was looking at the Wikipedia for this, and you had mentioned earlier that, you, keep in mind, this is from Tango Gameworks, the people that made Ghostwire Tokyo and 
uh, Evil Within, I believe, mm-hmm. right? Um, yeah, and so yeah. they they said in an interview last year, John Johannes, who directed the DLC for Evil Within and Evil Within 2, is going to be working on a new title that is the complete opposite of horror. So this was, mm-hmm. <laughs> this was yeah. the game they were talking about. That was about. the only warning we had. And then <laughs> they is- like... They announce yeah. it and say it's available. They did the and it's available right now, which was yeah, like I, you know, it, I was listening to um, I was listening to uh, Yahtzee's podcast uh, yesterday because it showed up on YouTube and I don't know. I think he's he could be pretty interesting. Uh, and he was talking about with his um podcast star, like co-star or co-host um, you know, whenever games do these very short like release uh announcements to actually like playing the game they've like always worked <laughs> they've always mm-hmm. been cool to have it be like and it's coming out next week or it's coming out today or it's coming out like in a month like you know and every game that you know tries to do these like two-year announcement cycles have always like flopped in some way where they had to do like extra long and delays and then when it finally comes out it's just like not anything you know and it That's makes you wonder the... why, why do games chase hype better right like why why don't they hold on to it until like you know like wow this looks really cool oh i can check it i out bet right now. you i oh. bet you that bethesda if they weren't owned by microsoft wouldn't have said like three years ago or whenever it was yes we are in fact working on elder scrolls 6 they probably wouldn't have because they normally don't like they announced Fallout 4 a month before it came out. They did a deep dive at QuakeCon for Skyrim the month before it came out. And like, you know, they they let you know you're they're working on something, but then they show it to you and then it's out in a month, which is like I right. I appreciate that. I mean, Apex Legends is still going strong and they announced that day of launch just like this mm-hmm. game did. Yeah. Like and um especially yeah, when it's I'd... games like this <clears throat> that are exciting looking. Like playing it, it's like, oh shit, like I'm actually really annoyed that more games that like video games could look this good whenever they wanted to and they just don't. Yeah. And it annoys me. Just w- <laughs> without being like photorealistic, like yeah, Unreal like Engine this looks, 19. This game bullshit. looks good. It's so yeah. good looking. It's so detailed and colorful and like, oh my goodness. It's People, very refreshing. So. The games industry and just genuinely kind of the art industry as a whole uh, does not like to innovate on a large budget. No. Well, yeah. I was going to say, I think it has a lot of Splatoon vibes in its yeah. like color choices. Yeah, it's got, and, this, like, got some of that, dialogue. that attitude. It's genuinely like, I look at this and I'm seeing a comic book. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And up up to and including the visual effects and the fact that they have like you know onomatopoeia on the screen, yeah. Like, and a lot of that stuff is functional because it's like like a lot of the, a lot of the visual stuff is also playing as um uh, for like helping people who maybe can't hear who are playing this game because everything moves to the beat. Your little cat dude pulses to the you know all the onomatopoeia the- is like super useful because it pops up on the beat <laughs> so if is, you're is the weapon hearing impaired you can still act- play it it, it <clears> is, is like guitar. With actually a guitar okay it doesn't yes, just it like is, look like one well so it's it's fully it does, fully as well it does look like one i think you eventually do get an actual guitar his his whole thing is he was supposed to be like it was supposed to be like a job thing where I'm like hey this is the job i got and we're gonna build you into a robot person to make you do that job and he's going to be a f- his job is future rock star, but he got assigned a waste management robot. So his arm is like a magnetic 
waste collector. So hmm. the guitar you start with is like a bunch of junk stuck to a stick that looks like a guitar because again your powers are powered by your fucking iPod in your chest. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Very good. I wonder if there is any of like uh the pillows in this game. It'd be a good soundtrack for it. I feel like it would fit uh for any it fully cool fans looks... out there. <laughs> Uh, uh, yes, I am one of them, but it looks like it's got a very, I mean, I, I hesitate to say contemporary, but maybe a more Western vibe to the music. Wow, uh, there is a nine inch nails in here. What? The black, the black keys are in here. The prodigy, the joy formidable number girl. Uh, hi-fi no, rush OST. There you are. Soundtrack. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> uh, all licensed song huh weird yeah do you think uh, the songs are localized no no i, I mean so. oh wow they have a streamer mode that's actually yeah cool. that turn yeah good they, good on you any game that does that they actually <laughs> this is actually one of the, those cool games that like gives you these sorts of options before you ever hit the main menu of like hey do you want to enable uh like you know here you know just not just adjust your gamma it's like hey do you want to turn on streamer mode here's what it does we're going to explain all these options to you before you ever start the game because no lyrics accessibility because they're either like accessibility or legal like that you know what's actually wild about their streamer mode is it's not like just no lyrics they actually replace all of the music with their own Mm -hmm. original music (laughs) so they actually wrote songs for every level (laughs) <laughs> by bot songs for them I, that's oh, that's so wild which that's honestly great. probably bumps pretty hard i'm sure yeah. it does yeah it's good yeah, yeah all right cool all right that was the news i'm now moving on to an exciting new segment that i talked about last episode uh and i did not talk about any games so i'm going to try and move sort of quickly through them and then one of the games i'm going to share with uh daniel who had also played it sounds like um and then dean will just listen it <laughs> and give his feedback um and i was here too (laughs) so all right so the segment is andrews 52 where i said i i have an ambitious goal to play 52 new games this year of games that came out this year so 2023 games i want to play 52 of them so that by the end of the year i don't feel left out during the video game awards i have opinions on everything that came out because i played them and i uh you know it's an ambitious goal, but I, I'm, I'm going to try my best. Um, We're forcing him to try to have fun. It's mandatory <laughs> fun. Mandatory uh, fun. Yeah. So the first week um, was difficult because there wasn't a lot of games that had come out. However, I was checking out Steam and I was looking at stuff. There was a couple of things that I saw that just did not look exciting to me. And I landed on Luck Be a Landlord. Now, Luck Be a Landlord is a really cool game um, that has been in early access for like four years. So it's... You know, it's been in early access for a long time and people have played it, but it did technically come out of early access and was released the first week of January. So it counts. <laughs> so mm-hmm. so that's the game I started with. Uh, it's made by a solo developer. Uh, it's really like a low budget indie game you can, um, where it's basically just a menu. <laughs> um, and the game concept is very simple. And it kind of reminds me of like Vampire Survivors in a like how simple the concept is. Uh, oh, but it can also be OK. Very I have seen I I had to Google this because I'm like, what the fuck game is this? And then I saw the Steam <laughs> page. and I'm like, oh, I know exactly what this is. OK, right. This thing. So I've the game this. is a slot machine deck builder roguelite. <laughs> That's the game. Slot machine deck builder roguelite. 
Um, and what you do is every time you start a new run, you have a slot machine and there some of the reels are mostly blank and you only have like eight symbols on them. Whenever the symbols appear on screen, they all do different things and they all have different rules. So for instance, when the coin shows up, you get $1. When the chicken shows up, you get $1. And sometimes it lays an egg. If the sun shows up, you get $3. But if it's next to a flower, the flower gives you an extra dollar. And the flower also gives you a dollar. And it sometimes like... if it's a seed, the seed will turn into a fruit. And the fruits also give dollars. But the fruits give different dollars depending on what other fruits they're this next like to. like cones of Dunshire from fucking community. <laughs> There's... So many different slots and there's so many combos to like what you start building is you start building these reels of like symbols that react to each other if they show up next to each other. Like if you get the uh, if you get the thief, he steals stuff from you every turn. However, if you get the bounty hunter, then the bounty hunter will kill the thief and the thief gives you double all of the money it was taking from you. So you want to try and get thieves and bounty hunters so that they play together. <laughs> Also, if you have a banana peel, which you can get from a banana that was eaten by a monkey, then the banana peel will kill the thief oh, and shit. also give you the money. <laughs> so, like, it's fantastic. <laughs> so, there's just all these combos that, like, every every single time I played the game, I'm like, "What the hell is this symbol?" And then you're reading it, and you're like, "Oh, okay." Um, but you don't have to do anything. It's just like, do you want to add one of these three symbols to your reels? It tells you what it does, and then you pick it. Then when you spin the reel, you hope it lands on something good, and you get like money from that day. And the goal is to get as much money as you can, because every seven spins, you have to pay rent, because that's why it's luck be a landlord. You're, you're paying rent to your landlord. And the goal of the game is to defeat your landlord eventually. <laughs> so after you've paid rent to them, uh, I think seven times, uh, and on day eight, which each day represents a new like roguelite cycle or a roguelite um, uh, run, uh, you get to actually fight the landlord at the end. And so you <laughs> you you defeat the landlord. And if you kill the landlord, then you can spin forever and you no longer have to pay rent. Truly a wonderful narrative. Uh, yeah, that the, <laughs> the Steam description is... Uh, Luck be a landlord is a roguelike deck builder about using a slot machine to earn rent money and defeat capitalism. I, is is that yep. not exactly that's, what I said? <laughs> In like less it. words, but yeah. <laughs> Features. Um, roguelike gameplay. Lots of symbols to add to your slot machine. Plenty of items to choose from. A terrible landlord to defeat. A dog you can pet. <laughs> capitalism. Yep. All right. Sold. Uh, and it's very fun. Um, the game is $10, which is like probably, I want to say, regrettably more than it's worth. But I do think that solo devs are cool. And I think it's a cool concept. And you honestly, also, uh, if you pick it up like... on itch.io, if you're uh, so inclined. Yes. And I think it's cheaper there, too, actually. Um, and uh, if you're if you like Slay the Spire and you like the kind of like randomness of slay the spire and you're not like a very deep strategy thinker i think um i think luck be a landlord can be really fun as a casual game because it's so luck dependent so you can build these massive reels of just stuff and hope it works out and maybe it will and because it's a slot machine you know you don't have to like think too That's hard like however five percent of my first run in a roguelike anyway <laughs> yeah maybe this exactly. will work 
But if you want to min-max it and like optimize your reels, you totally can. That's there too, right? There's an achievement for getting like 9 million gold. And I'm still like have no idea how the hell you would get that much gold when in general you're getting like 10 or 20 a turn. But there is ways to get like multipliers upon multipliers upon multipliers that like really start adding up and you can get like, you know, thousand and then ten thousand a turn it, it can get wild anyways the point is the game has a lot of depth for what it is even though it's very simplistic in its display and i really appreciated my time with it i played it for six hours i beat my landlord and i was done with it but you know <laughs> if they add more content i could see myself coming back to it um like i said the game was in early access for like three years so three or four years um so it probably isn't done with it all right that was game one. It was very good. I enjoyed it. Game two was Vengeful Guardian Moon Rider. Uh, this was a really cool what? game. It's Vengeful Guardian colon Moon Rider. That's, that's what it's called. Uh, I stumbled into it from a like, what are the best games of the year so far? And <laughs> this one showed up. So I picked it up. Uh, another game that's probably worth a little bit more than it should be because I played it for, I think, four hours and I 100 percented it, <laughs> which is not a long time to 100 percent. Uh, sorry, 2.2 hours and I 100 percent. <laughs> so it's a oh, short darn you, game. You missed that. You missed that uh, refund window. Right. And it costs $17. So it's like not a great fun to our like dollar. Look, ratio, but let me tell you. <laughs> You used to spend $70 on a cartridge for that type for that type of gameplay, all right? But I will say this game is like super lovingly crafted. Um if you look at the graphics, it has like real contra vibes in its pixel art and uh contra hardcore with like the giant sprites or like uh, yes. Shinobi 3. Uh, it's Yeah, that's genuine art I'm looking at. It's but it's back end like it's back end of gameplay is super Mega Man. Like it's very Mega Man-y. Yeah. Every there's a stage select. Every time you beat a boss of a stage, you gained their power and then you could use that power against other bosses. And I'm sure it has some the boss- it has the Mega Man X fucking health bars for you. In the yes. Boss. Like it's- <laughs> yeah, they're clearly inspired by a bunch of different games here. Um, your sprite is huge compared to Mega Man, which makes it feel like a Sega game. Like yeah, you take up—that's so where it feels like Shinobi. Screen. Yeah, exactly. You you take up so much of the vertical screen space. Um, you start the game with like being able to kick off walls and stuff, and that's very Mega Man X. Um, uh, but the way you jump off them is kind of awkward, so it's more like Super Metroid, I guess. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, the game is pretty cool. Uh, it's made by a Brazilian studio. Uh, they seem pretty small. Um, so, you know, they're not evil. I can I can <laughs> I can say that. Um, but you don't think yeah, 400 this- people worked on this game? Uh, this game was a delight to play. I, I think one of the reasons why I played through it so quickly is like the game is so easy. It's so, 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 so easy. <laughs> they give you so many health power ups and um, the bosses just like you could just wail on them and they don't do anything <laughs> like, you know how um certain bosses in Mega Man and stuff, they have iframes so that if you try and wail on them, like you can't mm-hmm. like hit them again for a long time and they move into an attack that you can't approach them. This game doesn't have that. You just wail on them. <laughs> you just run up to them when they're doing a slow animation and you can hit them like eight times and then they die. So, you know, I think that's like an oversight on their end, potentially. Um, 
Also, I love the story. That one of these reviews on Steam ends with "Here's my 100% complete S rank playthrough of the game." If anyone wants to see how it plays, and then links to their YouTube. <laughs> yeah, you did what you did. Um. Well, this person did eight to nine hours. I guess I didn't obtain all the achievements. There is an achievement for beating the game without getting hit, um, which that actually does seem hard because it's really easy to take damage in this game. It's just hard to die <laughs> because there's so much healing um there are some secrets in the levels the secrets are like very obvious and they're not very secrety um and they give you sort of like power-ups to like uh give you like special bonuses like you can heal over time you heal when attacking enemies you use less resources when using your special attacks um you gain special resource energy back when you kill stuff all that good stuff um the story is absurd (laughs) i don't even know how to describe the story actually no i do it's robocop the story is RoboCop. Yeah. Um, yeah, all right. Where you wake up and like, I guess you were you wake up from a pod because I guess you died and were reprogrammed as a robot. Hell <laughs> I'm yeah. like, yes, this is RoboCop. And then you decide that like the evil people that created you are evil and that should be destroyed. So you make it your mission to go out and destroy the evil corporation that turned you into a robot. And I'm like, I swear this is the plot of RoboCop. <laughs> So I looked it up, um, and I'm like, "These this developer name sounds familiar." Uh, if in case you're wondering, Joy Masher also made uh, Onikin and Odalis and Spooky Station and Blazing Chrome, which is uh, Blazing Chrome is a very good uh, contra. Ooh, I have not played that Blazing Chrome. Nice. So overall, I think the game was pretty cool. I'm glad I played it. The art was really nice. I really love good pixel art, um, and it had some cool concepts. I just wish the game was like harder or twice as long <laughs> one or the other <laughs> and then yeah, i think i would have gotten more out of it yeah um so that was my time with ventral guardian moonrider i think if anyone were to check it out um i would pick it up on sale or i'd pick it up on this would actually be a perfect xbox game pass pc game so if that ever shows up on xbox game pass pc you should definitely check it out really short playthrough those are my favorite xbox game pass games is like these really short ones that you can just pick up and play really like really great weekend games Okay, moving on. Final game that I just picked up last week and I've been playing nonstop since I picked it up because I am a masochist is Fire Emblem Engage. Uh, So if you guys remember the big hype of a couple years back, Fire Emblem Three Houses, this game is not Fire Emblem Three Houses. No, do not get this game thinking it is Fire Emblem Three Houses. This, this is, is Fire a, Emblem, yeah. punch you in the balls, difficult Fire this Emblem is, game. So the development history of this game is that I think originally, before COVID fucked everything up for everybody, this was supposed to come out for the 30th anniversary of the Fire Emblem series. It is, mm-hmm. It's why all the fucking Engage rings are past characters from past characters. games. Yep. It's why this is back to just being like a fairly linear chapter select world map with repeatable battles. It's a deliberate throwback to like fire emblems one through seven. Yes. It a hundred percent. So the only chapter seven, by the way, so I'm still pretty early. I'm actually pretty early too. I only made it to chapter 10 uh, recently. Um, And I assume there's like 30 or 27 or 25 or whatever the normal number of chapters is Mm -hmm. the um i played three houses i loved three houses uh up into a point where the game became so easy that i just could not like bring myself to continue playing it also i did the uh the edgelord path 
Um, I, I call her Ed, Edgelord Guard. <laughs> um, Congratulations, with, you chose the second worst story. <laughs> and and the problem with that path is uh, big spoilers for people that haven't played Three Houses, but you basically have to go and kill all your friends. And that part wasn't so fun. <laughs> so I didn't enjoy that aspect of Three Houses by choosing that path. So uh, that part wasn't great. Um, in this game, uh, they, it doesn't seem like there is any path choosing yet, but I'm sure there'll be some sort of, you know, shift in the story or time skip or something halfway through. Um, right. Uh, <clears throat> but um, yeah, the game before that I played was Fire Emblem Awakening. And this game reminds me very much of Fire Emblem Awakening. Uh, which I guess is just more of a bog standard Fire Emblem game. Mm -hmm. um, so for those unfamiliar, what a bog standard Fire Emblem game is, is a story that's complete nonsense. There is a great evil. It, yep. You are a great good. You have to defeat the great evil. Why? The because they the story said so. Is, the story is fantasy anime tropes assembled together. You will recognize all of the story beats if you have watched any amount of anime. All the right characters there. are then also stock characters from the fantasy anime library assembled yes. in different orders. <laughs> Much they, like they every spin other two wheels. Yeah. They spin two wheels that determine the personality of every single character. This character likes spin the wheel muscles and also <laughs> likes spin the wheel uh Horses. is a sundare yeah, yeah like or this person this character likes spin the wheel singing and spin the wheel eating food <laughs> it's, it's like, like oh yeah no game. i know exactly what nine anime characters this character is <laughs> yep <laughs> this character likes fan clubs and <laughs> like down to like they're so yeah. stock again this is completely standard and like this is all fine this is not a complaint but like they're so stock it's like oh i recognize what tropes you're pulling from i know your entire character <laughs> i know exactly where all your complaining stories complaining about it yeah, I'm not I, complaining I about complain it. it just, about it's, it. Yeah. I want to complain about it because Fire <laughs> Emblem has been doing this for so long that like mm -hmm. 30 years, it can't possibly be that hard to write characters slightly more interesting. Like, can it? Can it no, but you got to remember it's anime. Effort is not uh, something you do in the anime industry. You got to build out of stocks and tropes. I, the, the thing about the story, too, is like usually the Fire Emblem stories evolve a little bit so that there's like some sort of small twist that's like kind of interesting. But like, man, the call to action in this game is so <laughs> bad. It and, is such a wet fart oh, of a beginning. So bad. It's like you. Right, so for for Dean, the story is that, you know, you you've defeated the great dark dragon Somnel and then you fell asleep for a thousand years mm -hmm, and you wake mm -hmm, up. Mm -hmm. Somnel has returned and you must defeat him again. That's also, the call. Gotta, That's how the game starts. Also, as the introduction <laughs> That's as the introductory cutscene to this waking up makes clear, you got a big titty anime mama uh, who wakes yes. you up. Which yes, she's very funny. She is your mom. And you're like, I'm <laughs> sorry. I don't remember my past because I've been asleep for a thousand years. And she's like, That's okay. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> go defeat like, the evil dragon. <laughs> It's so funny that, like, legitimately, the the cutscene opens up with a close up oh. of her chest as it says, "Ah, oh, yep. you're awake now," and then it pans up to her face. There's another cutscene later with a character with like mysterious child, and like you find her, and it's like, "Oh, your leg's bleeding. Let me let me bandage that for you." And it's like an anime cutscene that's just like, "Oh, we're putting this in here because we want to show you anime feet." It's like, "Yep, yes, we just want to see it's the a, feet." It's a fire Man. emblem. Oh, it's man. one of those. 
but yeah, I, I wanted that call to action to be anything slightly better than what it was. Yeah. Like three houses had a better call to action where you didn't even know who you were, what your past was. You just hung out with this dude. Right. And the dude worried about your safety or whatever and brought you to this cathedral or monastery or whatever the <laughs> hell the school is. And I was like, that's kind of interesting mystery. But this game doesn't even have mystery. It's just like, nope, you're the great dragon. <laughs> welcome back and then everyone go get all the go get all the the waifu fucking engagement rings (laughs) and then for the rest of the game everyone's just like oh yeah you're that great dragon i'm so honored to be in your presence and you're like thanks but this (laughs) is all secondary because my god the battles are real good the battles so far to me have been very fire emblem e in their essence but i Mm -hmm. made the weird decision in that i've decided to play on the hardest difficulty oh weird you've never done that before and 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 only to and to play with the normal setting which means if your characters die in battle they're dead for good um both of these things together make for a very challenging experience. So So I tried, I started on hard, but casual because I'm like, I know eventually I'm going to get the time rewind thing they've added to these games. Yes. Oh my God. They couldn't add that fast enough for me. I'm just like, whatever. But like, I was like, even on hard, I'm like, I don't want to deal with this difficulty spike on hard because early fire emblem is so hard to tell what the damage output is going to be. And like, yes, oops, my dude got targeted by four people I didn't know existed and he died. It, you used to just restart. But in this game, I'm like, I'm on casual. Fuck it. I'll take this and then just go sleep in my bed in my floating island palace and turn the difficulty down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The normal. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, uh, definitely in the first. So for me, the hardest mission in the game was chapter five. Easily. Is that the one <laughs> was... in the the village? No, it's Where the one in get... the castle and there's a thief and he steals. From oh, with chest the three chests. Yeah, that place sucks. That is. A and uh, that map. mission was brutal. Absolutely brutal. That's also when they first introduced bosses that have double health bars mm-hmm. um, where you have to kill them twice before they actually die. <laughs> um, yes. And so far, ever since chapter five, every boss I fought can one shot half of my party. So only <laughs> only half of my party can actually fight the thing. And then one of the other members have to deal the finishing blow so that they don't get counterattacked and die. But yeah, so the combat um, for the game is a tactical strategy game, similar to Final Fantasy Tactics or um, uh, what's that game? Ugh, Tactics Ogre. Um, and I'm sure there's a ton of other <laughs> tile based tactics games. I can't think of off the top of my head, uh, but it is a class based system uh, where the classes heavily matter. Um they have sort of a, a rock, paper, scissors between the weapons that people wield, um, which plays into heavily the, in this game. The Holy Fire Emblem Weapon Triangle. <laughs> exactly. Sword beats spear. Spear beats axe. Axe. No, I think I have this wrong. And then axe beats sword. I think I think that's no right. sword, beats axe. sword beats axe. Axe beats spear yeah, for some reason. Axe. And then spear beats sword. But they OK, Dean, yes. you'll like this because I know you played mm-hmm. a lot of three houses. I they did. messed up. They fucked with the weapon triangle. It's slightly less sacred now because mm-hmm. you don't get a huge. You don't just do double damage for being advantaged anymore or whatever. You okay. do something. Inflict something called break, which legitimately knocks the weapon out of the opponent's hand, and then they can't counterattack to anybody until their turn. So huh. you get the advantage. Oh, I'm going to hit the axe guy with the sword and then beat him the shit up with spears or whatever because he can't attack back at all. 
which is actually like devastatingly powerful. It's real good. Yeah, that that changes literally everything. Yeah, it's fucked up to do that huh. to somebody with like a weakling character and not get counterattacked with like your healer go up and punch a dude. It's a great way to so, level up units now too. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Yes, it is. Um However, they sort of screw with that because all armored characters uh, are enemy armored characters cannot be broken. Uh, and mm-hmm. also uh, bosses cannot be broken, which is really, really brutal. Well, then what's <laughs> the fucking point? It's good for all the other enemies. That's for sure. But and they can break you. You just <laughs> you can't break the ones that matter. <laughs> mm. I don't like this anymore. <laughs> <laughs> it's again, if you're playing this on the harder difficulties, it's brutal. If you're playing it oh on God, normal, so it adds the difficulty that normal normally misses in Fire Emblem because normal is normally super easy. In this one, it's like, oh, I might lose a dude if I misposition him in normal for the first time in like six Fire Emblems. Uh, they brought back one of my favorite tropes that mm-hmm. I'm excited about. Uh, if you played Fire Emblem Awakening, everyone loves Donald. Donald's mm-hmm. uh, the best character. Uh, I guess Donald is a trope that's existed in all Fire Emblems, uh, and I didn't know this. There's another name for it, and I, I actually don't know... Oh, this character apparently existed in Three Houses, um, but I, I didn't realize it came off that way. And what a Donald is, is basically a character that has amazing stat growth. And so what that means is if they level up, they gain a ton of stats. Um, and uh, this game's uh, Donald is like a healer, which is interesting. Um, but yeah. I don't know. I've been enjoying the game so far. I'm going to keep playing it. The next game I'll I pick it up is is suspect. I don't know if it's going to be for spoken, <laughs> which I'm like really reluctant to buy because it costs so many dollars. I mean, you know, off the bow, like initial reviews does not look promising. I, I'm, I'm leaning more towards maybe just picking up Hi-Fi Rush and just going down that path. Because it already seems like something that like is going to be brought up at the end of the year, regardless of <laughs> anything else. And if Forspoken is most likely not going to be brought up at the end of the year. So <laughs> I think from yeah. that perspective, it makes more sense to, to grab uh, to grab this. <laughs> so maybe I'll do that. Um, all right. That's it for me. And I think that's our show. I must apologize for like taking up so much time at the end. But I had all these games in my backlist and I needed to talk through them. Hopefully next week I will only need to talk about one game. True, um, you don't you don't uh, play video games, so I do now. I fifty <laughs> I forty nine more games to go. Like, <laughs> but you know, so well when you put right. it like that, you do that. And <laughs> yeah, right? knock that out in a weekend. Jeez, uh, uh, <laughs> slightly less right. than an hour per game. <laughs> All right, guys, I will. uh, It was fun talking to you all, and I hope you enjoyed our fun cast section. Um, We hope to hear from you on our Mastodon search Fungineers on Mastodon. And if not, please listen to the next episode. Leave likes and reviews on podcast stations anywhere where you listen to us and we'll read them um, and enjoy them. But thank you so much. And we'll see you next time. Goodbye. All right. Later. My default suit is a clown costume.